So God is the originator of love, and uh, God's Word tells us in 1 John 4, you can follow along in the white page in the middle of your program, it has these scriptures written out as well as an outline of the message. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And so true love comes from God alone. The love that these verses are talking about in the Greek language is, is agape love. Agape love is God's unconditional love. And only believers are truly capable of this agape God kind of love. This verse tells us that those who do not show agape love really don't know God. Because if we really know God, that is the kind of love that's going to characterize our lives. And not only does God... Because love come from God, but God is love. God is characterized by his great unconditional love for each and every person. Unconditional love, what is it? Unconditional love is love that keeps on loving, that keeps on giving, even when another person has hurt you. Conditional love, on the other hand, is is a love that stops loving if another person doesn't reciprocate your love. But the love that God calls us to is this unconditional agape love. And that love between a man and a woman who are believers leads to the creation of a, of a Christian family. And that's what our message series, new message series, was beginning today is entitled Family Values. We're going to talk about what the Bible teaches on raising and living in a godly family. And these, these messages will deal uh, with a number of issues in families from a biblical perspective, whether you have children at home or you hope to have children someday or your children are already gone and perhaps starting their own homes as well. And so as grandparents, uh, we also uh, pray for and, well, not me yet. It's not we, but uh, as grandparents, grandparents pray for their children's families, and their children's children as well. And we're going to see that reflected in the Bible this morning. So it's important that we look to what the Bible has to say about family values. It's important because the values of our society that are related to family are often contrary to God's word. Our society today in America, as most societies down through history, to be honest, consists mostly of unbelievers. Jesus told us the road to that's paved to unbelief is a wide road. The road that we as believers are on is a narrow road. And so that's been true down through history. It's true today. And the Bible refers to the culture of unbelieving society around us as the world. So when the Bible refers to the world, it's not referring to the physical globe on which we live. It's, it's referring to uh, ungodly values of people who are not walking with God. And so we have uh, two classes of people in the world, those that are believers in Christ's church and those who are unbelievers who are in what the Bible refers to as the world. 1 John 2.15 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. For if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And so this verse warns us not to set our love, not to set our affection on the world around us. If we love the world, then we're going to follow its beliefs. We're going to follow its customs, which are contrary to the word of God. 
But if we truly love God the Father, then we will not love the world and its ways. Those two are diametrically opposed. Now today we're going to talk in our series, Family Values. I've entitled this message, Family Foundation. We're going to look at some of the foundational truths that the Bible teaches about godly families. And these principles apply to every type of family, uh, whether with children or not, whether with uh, two spouses or one. So we're going to be looking today at a passage from the Old Testament, from Deuteronomy chapter 6. And just a brief bit of background in this passage, the children of Israel are about to enter the promised land. They spent 40 years wandering in the desert with Moses as their leader, and they're just about to enter the promised land. And Moses is giving them final instructions of the most important things that they must understand, that they must follow as they enter this land of Israel. And so he begins with instructions for parents. Deuteronomy 6, verse 1, Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that is Moses, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it. So this was a new beginning for Israel. It was a new beginning for all the families in Israel. And the instructions that Moses was going to teach them, he's saying, they're not just things I've made up. These are things that the Lord has given me to teach you. They're from the Lord himself. And so the people needed not just to know God's command, they needed to keep God's command. And so these commands that Moses was going to give them were for the purpose that you might fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life and that your days may be long. And so the commands were for the parents, the commands were for their children and their grandchildren. And what was the goal of all these instructions, of all these commands? It was for the family to learn to fear the Lord. Now, some people say, you know, to fear the Lord, it really doesn't mean to fear the Lord. Well, the word is properly translated fear. And uh, you, can, you can love someone. We love God, but we also fear. Why do we fear God? We, we are to fear God by keeping his commands. Why? Because of the negative consequences of not keeping his commands. The Bible is clear. If we don't keep God's commands, then there are negative consequences. We're going to reap what we sow. And so we want to do the right things. We want to keep God's command in our lives. So we talk, God will help us to do that. We don't have to do those in our own strength. So our fear of God is demonstrated by keeping his commands. That was true in the Old Testament. It's true in the New Testament. Uh, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commands. A person who doesn't keep God's commands uh, doesn't fear the Lord. Now, we see a benefit uh, in the end of verse 2. As we walk in God's ways, as we keep God's commands, we are blessed. And one of the benefits is a long life. So how are children, how are our children, how are our grandchildren going to learn to keep God's commands? Well, they need to be taught. We need to teach our children. Verse 7, you should teach them, that's your children, your grandchildren, diligently, well, no, sorry, teach them, that is the commands, diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. And so as parents, we are to teach 
our children God's ways. In order to teach your children to do, to do anything, you must be doing it yourself as a parent. To teach God's commands to children, the, the parents must be keeping God's commands. You know, the, the saying, uh, do as I say, not as I do, does not work. Well, it doesn't really work with any type of teaching. If I tell you to do something and I'm not doing it, why would you listen to me? And it's particularly true of uh, if you're teaching your children or even your grandchildren. You, your life needs to reflect what you are teaching. Now, in the case of Israel here, the responsibility for training the children of Israel didn't lie with the priests. It didn't lie with the Levites, the religious leaders of their time. The responsibility for teaching children God's commands lay with the parents. And as we'll see, the same is true today. And we see in verse 7 that parents are to diligently teach their children. It's not something like you can just, uh, you know, throw something out once a month or something. It's a, it's a diligent thing that we must take to heart to teach our children God's ways at all times. When you sit with them at a meal, are you talking about the things of God? When you put them to bed, when you walk with them, when they wake in the morning, of course, all of us could do better at this as, as parents, but the goal here is to diligently teach your children throughout the day, whenever you're with them, to be talking about God's Word, to, showing them how God, to show them how God's Word applies to their lives. Now, in order to do that, each parent must make God's Word a priority in the parent's life as well. And so the parents, if the parents have the chief responsibility, the main responsibility to teach children God's Word, what is the place of the church? Now, unfortunately, some people think the main responsibility to teach children about God lays with the church. If I just bring my kids to church, everything's going to be fine. I don't have to do anything. Uh, the hour or two they're being taught at church will be enough. Well, God's word here clearly differs. Uh, the main responsibility for teaching children lies with the parent. Uh, this, the role of the church is to supplement the parents' teaching in various classes. And uh, certainly it's uh, helpful for the children to learn at church, but the main responsibility is for the parents. So what are practical ways to teach children at home? Well, having a family time of Bible study and prayer on a regular basis. And these things may change with the age and the makeup of your children, but uh, you do it on some type of regular basis. Pray with your children when they're young. Read the Bible stories to them before they go to sleep. Uh, other times that you can as you teach them. As the children grow older, you should be teaching them to have their own personal quiet times with God. Not just with mom and dad doing it. And they'll need some accountability for that. And uh, as you ask them how they're doing, you can train them to walk with God. And of course, it uh, goes without saying, you should pray and seek to have your children commit their lives to Jesus at an early age. Uh, this isn't just a matter of obeying rules. It's a matter of developing a relationship with Jesus Christ uh, in your children and helping them to live that out. If you no longer have children in your immediate home, husband and wife should spend time together as a family praying and sharing God's word on a regular basis. And so God's word is one of the most important foundation stones of a godly family. 
And it's the first thing that Moses brought out to the people of Israel as they were going to enter the promised land because of its great importance. The next thing we need to learn to do as families is to, to honor God together. Let's jump down to verse 10. Moses says, And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build. And so God was going to give the people of Israel many great and good cities, many good things that they had not labored for. The Bible tells us that God is still the one who gives good gifts to his children. And we honor God by acknowledging his goodness, by remembering God's goodness. Continues in verse 11, what God was going to do as they entered the land. He's going to give them houses of all good things that you did not fill. And cisterns that you did not dig. And vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. So when times are difficult, it's easy for us to call on the Lord for help. As it's not a verse in the Bible, but common saying is there are no atheists in foxholes. You know, when your life is in danger, you call out to God. When you're in trouble, you call out to God. But when times are good, when there's plenty to eat, Income is coming in. You have no real need. The temptation is to forget the Lord. Why? Because you feel you can handle it yourself. I got this under, under control, God. I, I don't really need you right now. Things are going pretty well. And so there's this warning. A warning to not forget the Lord. Even when things are going good. Because we need him all the time. Every good thing that we have is from God. And so God is reminding them and us to not forget his blessings to us and not forget where the blessings come from. We're tempted to think, I worked for this. I earned this. I deserve this. And no, if you didn't have the strength, if you didn't have the mental ability, you couldn't do anything. So everything we have is from God. Now, we have a responsibility too, but we remember where the source of our blessings is, where the source of the good things in our life is. And so we need to thank God for the things he's brought into our lives, the good things that we have, and we need to teach our children to be thankful as well. Now, in this case, in the case of the children of Israel, it was God who delivered them from the land of Egypt. They were slaves there, and God brought them out through a series of miracles. Now, not only should we honor God by remembering his goodness, we must remain faithful to God. He goes on in verse 13. It is the Lord your God you shall fear. There it is again. Him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples who are around you. And so one of the temptations of every family down through history, the Israelite families that were coming into the promised land, the families here in St. Louis today, the temptation is to follow the way of society and the world around us, the way that people are living around us. And those temptations come to both parents and they come to children today, now more than ever. In the case of the Israelites, they were going into the promised land, but there were pagan people living there who did not worship God. They worshiped idols. They offered sacrifices to uh, idols and demons and the children of Israel were tempted to go after those gods, to 
stop worshiping God and to worship the gods of the unbelievers who are around them. And God warned them to fear God and to serve him alone. Not only were the, the uh, children of Israel not to serve the idols, uh, they were not to attempt to try to serve both God and the idols. God wants us to serve him alone. And so parents are to be examples to their children of honoring God. And we honor God by being thankful for God's good gifts to our, to our families. We can do that in family prayer times. We can do that uh, when we're praying before meals. We remember with one another the ways that God has blessed us in the past. We honor God by keeping our hearts and minds free of worldly temptations. We're careful what we watch and listen to on television or on the internet. And again, with respect to that type of thing, to tell our children to not watch that and not listen to this, but we do it ourselves as parents, is not going to work. So if we have standards for our children, uh, we need to have standards for ourselves, and they need to be one and the same. Just because the label says, you know, put ours, whatever, and we're over 18, it's okay for us to watch, and the kids can't watch, uh, that's not going to fly. You're not going to help your children that way. And so we careful what we watch and listen to on television, both as parents and as we teach our children. As, as parents honor God in the family, uh, then children will follow our examples. Finally, we are to tell of God's faithfulness. Verse 20, when your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? So children always ask a lot of questions, and sometimes, especially when children are young, and sometimes when they're older, we, we may tire of their questions, but questions are a good thing, especially about the things they wonder and have questions about God and God's Word. And we need to be ready with answers to their questions. And so here's a, here's a question that Moses is saying, your children, your sons, and your daughters are going to ask you at some point, you know, we've got all these rules, all these commands from God, uh, why, why do we have to do all these things? What is the purpose of this? And so to answer the questions, we need to, to tell of God's salvation. Verse 21, then you shall say to your son in, in respect or in answer to his question, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And so the first thing to tell your children about God's faithfulness, why we as parents are serving him, why they should serve him, is to talk about how God saved us. Now, in the case of the Israelites, God delivered them from slavery in Egypt. They were there for 400 years through mighty miracles. But that deliverance is a picture of how God delivers people today from slavery to sin by saving them. And so your children need to be told how God saved you. Not just once. And your grandchildren, not just once, but multiple times. How did God save you? What was your life like before you were saved? How has your life changed? What has God delivered you from? God saves us for a purpose. Verse 23, he brought us out from there that he might bring us in. 
and give us the land that he swore to give to our fathers. And so the Israelites were delivered from slavery in Egypt, not just to be delivered from slavery, but so that they might be brought into the promised land. God had a plan and purpose for them, and God has a plan and purpose for our children. God has a plan and purpose for our lives as well. And our children need to learn about that plan and purpose, what God's plan and purpose is for their parents' lives and for their life. And parents need to help their children to guide. Now, they have a responsibility, too, before the Lord as they grow, but parents need to help guide them in God's plan and purpose for their lives as well. Not only do we tell our children of God's salvation, we tell, tell of God's care. Verse 24, and the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God. There it is again. We've had it like three or four times now. For our good always, that he might preserve us alive as we are this day. And so children need to be taught that God's commands are not arbitrary. Some, sometimes children or even other people get the idea God's plans are just arbitrary. I mean, there's no, why shouldn't we be able to do this? I mean, I don't see any problem with it. Why shouldn't we be able to do that? Or why must we do this? They're just arbitrary commands. Well, God's commands are not arbitrary. Obeying God's commands, learning to fear the Lord are for our good. The commands of God, the instructions of God are so that we might walk in a way that's pleasing to God, in a way that we were created and designed to live. God's instructions are, are our owner's manual for life, to live the best life that we could possibly live. And so when we walk in God's ways, when we obey his commands, both as parents and as children, he cares for us. He provides for us. He protects us. And not only does God give us the commands that we are to follow but he gives us the ability and the strength to obey his commands. As believers, the Holy Spirit is living inside of us to help us to want to do God's, walk in God's way and to follow his commands, and he also gives us the strength to obey him. The concept that God's commands are only Old Testament, they don't apply to us today. We don't have time to get into all the New Testament uh, scriptures about following God and his commands, but... Uh, we still need to do it because it's God's best for us. And so children need to be taught that God is the one who takes care of them. God is the one who protects them. God is the one who has a purpose for their lives. And God wants them to find that purpose. And they can find it because God wants to reveal it to them. Now, in order to answer children's questions, and as they grow, they'll have increasingly difficult questions as we well know, we need to know God's word in order to answer those questions properly, do we not? And so as parents, uh, we need to be in God's word on a daily basis, studying God's word, reading God's word. Now, as we learn to explain God's word to our children, and sometimes we, the proper answer is, I don't know right now the answer to your question, but I'm going to do some reading uh, of God's word. I'm going to look into it, and I'll get back to you. Now, not every question has an answer. Uh, there are questions that really have no answers uh, that God didn't reveal to us, and so there are some of those, but those are things that we can figure out. Well, God's word doesn't really tell us if Fido is going to go to heaven or not. You know, I, we really don't know. Uh, 
and things like that. But as we learn to explain God's word to our children, multiple good things are happening as we answer our children's questions or as we ask them questions and then we have a discussion about a topic. First of all, you are teaching your children God's ways. And that is very important. Secondly, as you learn to answer questions, as you learn to share your faith with your children, you are learning to share your faith with another person. Your children are people. You're learning to share your faith with another person. And thirdly, you're teaching your children to be able to share their faith with somebody else as well. Not, not only should we answer our children's questions about God, we should tell them our faith stories. Now, we've already talked about sharing with them how you were saved. Uh, and you should share that multiple times. But you have many other faith stories. You've been walking with God for a time, for years. There's going to be times when God did a miracle in your life or family. And it might have been when your children were too young to remember or before they were born and one of their siblings or something else or something in your marriage before the children came along. Or maybe the children need to be reminded. Times when God got you through a difficult season in your life. Times when God provided or protected when there were problems. Share with them times when God spoke to you. You obeyed his voice and you were blessed. God still speaks. Your children need to hear about times God spoke to you and good things happened as you followed his word. Your children need to learn, and this is very important, that God's word is not just ancient history. If all we do is teach something, the Bible, which is good, which is essential, say this happened 2,000 years ago, and that's all it is, your children are going to have trouble walking with God. They need to know that God is alive today. God has worked in your life. And God is and will work in their lives as well. It works in our time. And as you learn to share these kind of faith stories with, with your children and your grandchildren, and there may be times even when your children are grown, starting their own families, they may be going through a difficult time. You encourage them. By what's happened in the past, in their lives and in your family, you can encourage them by these faith stories. And as you do that with the people in your own family, you are learning to share them with other people. And that's something all of us could grow in. As you learn to share with your family, you're learning to share with people who aren't in your family. And God wants us to share our faith stories to many other people. You're learning to tell of God's faithfulness. And so God's word is the important foundation that every godly family needs. It provides parents with essential instructions for themselves, and those instructions are to be taught to their children. And so a godly family needs to learn to honor God individually and as a family, as a family together. We need to learn to encourage one another to remember God's goodness and to remain faithful to God, to not stray away into the things of the world around us. And finally, parents and children need to learn to express their faith within their family so that they can learn how to share their faith with others around them. 
Each person, both parent and child, should learn to tell the story of their salvation. If you as a parent tell your children the story of your salvation and they're believers, they're saved, they should learn to tell the story of their salvation back to you and to others around. One of the most important things. Each person should have God's stories, both big and small. Both as parents and children should learn to be able to express God's stories in their lives, to be witnesses for Jesus Christ to those around them, to praise God for his care, to thank him for his goodness and for his protection. And as you build on that foundation of God's word with God's help, your family will grow stronger and you will be increasingly blessed. Of course, the beginning point for a parent, the beginning point for a child, as they learn from God's word, is to make a commitment to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And so that's a, a simple transaction with God, a simple prayer with God, but a very profound prayer that alters the trajectory of a person's life forever, that alters their eternal destiny to become a believer, you need to admit that you've sinned. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody, nobody's accepted. Everybody is a, a sinner. We need to simply admit it. Secondly, you need to believe that Jesus died on the cross, that your sins might be forgiven, that he rose from the dead three days later, and ask him to forgive your sins. And finally, you need to commit your life to following Jesus as your Lord, to doing what he says and what his word tells us to do. So I'd like to ask us all to bow our heads right now. We're going to pray. If you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord, I, or perhaps you have in the past and you feel like you've strayed away, uh, this would, might be a good time to recommit your life to him uh, this morning. So I'm going to pray a simple prayer based on these truths in Scripture. And I'd encourage you to follow along with me if you're in one of those categories just pray in your heart. God knows your thoughts, and God will do a work in your life if you pray this sincerely. Say something like this. Father, today, I admit that I've sinned. I've, I've done wrong things. I've been following my plan for my life and not yours. I believe Jesus died on the cross that my sins might be forgiven. He paid the price. He rose from the dead, and I ask you to forgive my sins. I commit myself to following you as my Lord and Savior all the days of my life. Thank you for changing me and making me one of your children. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray as well. Father, we thank you for your word. It is the foundation upon which we build our lives. We thank you for revealing it to us how we should live our lives. Your commands are our instruction manual and, and your spirit, we thank you for, for him that he helps us to obey. May we honor you in our families by remembering to thank you for your goodness. Forgive us for the times we just take it for granted. Help us to remember your goodness on a daily basis. May we honor you by encouraging each other to remain faithful to God and separate from the world. Teach us, God, how to tell others of, of your salvation and your care for us. 
may you train us to be witnesses in our own families that we might learn to share how we were saved, faith stories, God stories, things that you're doing in our lives with others around us. May we learn as we talk to our family of these things. May we learn so that we can talk to others who aren't in our families. Thank you for how you're going to increasingly bless our families in this new year in 2019 as we grow in following your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.